This is the Hot Stove Report. Going, going, goodbye baseball. On 710 ESPN Seattle. 710sports.com and the 710 Seattle app. Someone once said, you don't grip a baseball. A baseball grips you. It fills our days and brightens our nights. Over the course of a season and the span of a lifetime. We share hope, drama, and joy. It brings us all closer together, nine innings at a time. It's the game we live. It's the game we love. Welcome back, baseball. Welcome back. My, oh my. If that voice doesn't give you goosebumps or make the little hairs on the back of your neck stand up, maybe even put a tear in your eye, uh, nothing will. The voice of... uh, the late, great Dave Niehaus, who I had the privilege of working with for 25 years, and I never, ever get tired of listening to David do that. Every time, beautiful. every time I think about pitchers and catchers, that is my first thought, Yeah, what we just heard. Yeah. Every time. Yeah, I remember the first big league camp of the Mariners walk in. I feel like I'm a nobody. Dave came right up to me. He's like, hey, you're from Australia. I've been to Australia, my wife and I. I was like, wow, <laughs> I feel big time. Dave Niehaus is coming right up to me. I can't believe it. Oh, man. I, I sat with him for a long time, and I was sat next to him, and I was just amazed each and every night the way that he would uh, capture the uh, the thrill of a ball game, and and more so even in, during the lean years. And there were a lot of lean years right. and rough rough seasons and long ball games. We had Dave Niehaus, and uh, we didn't have our first winning season until 1991 from 1977, but – David made it all come alive for us. He was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame in 2008. He threw out the first pitch in uh, Safeco Field, now T-Mobile Park history, back on July, what, 15th of 1999, and will always be remembered. He's got a statue out at T-Mobile Park out there in right center field, and uh, I love hearing his voice. It means so much to all of us, doesn't it? Absolutely. It's the best way to start the baseball season. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's start our broadcast with that down at uh, spring training with uh, the voice of Dave Niehaus. Coming up next, we're going to visit with uh, Trevor Gooby, who is the Senior Vice President of Ballpark Operations out of T-Mobile Park. David talking about you know, what it's like to walk into a great ballpark, and we have one right here in Seattle. We'll be back with Trevor right after these time up, this time out. All things Mariners, all off-season. The Hot Stove on 710 ESPN Seattle, 710sports.com, and the 710 Seattle Sports app. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Hot Stove 2020. This reminder, Mariners are changing the game with our all-new Flex membership. Go to the games you want, sit in the seats you want, and get the savings you want, all when you want. For more information on how to choose your membership, and enjoy discounted seats all season long. Visit Mariners.com slash flex. And when you come out to T-Mobile Park, you're going to see some changes uh, out of T-Mobile during the course of the offseason. A lot of work is going on. We have a chance now to visit with Senior Vice President of the Ballpark Operations out of T-Mobile. Trevor Gooby joins us. Trevor, how are you doing? Thanks for joining us tonight. 
I'm great, Rick. How are you? I'm doing fine, buddy. Had a chance to see you uh, a couple of nights ago. Gave a bunch of kids a tour of the ballpark. Uh, how's the field looking? I know Bob Christofferson has been real busy laying down a brand new playing surface out there at T-Mobile. Yes. Uh, well, I'm happy to report today that we have a full field of green grass that was just installed today. So we uh, have a few more days for that grass to grow in, but Bob and his crew have done a great job getting everything ready for opening day. I bet he's at it uh, 24 hours a day at this point. He probably usually is during the season anyway. <laughs> right there right probably now. more so now. Yeah. <laughs> we have the grill, we have the grill lights on the field, and uh, yeah, he is uh, he is very. It's like it was like Christmas morning for him today when all the grass was finally installed. Hmm. So we're in a good place. I know there's some changes to the ballpark. I mean, I'm an audio guy, so I'm excited about this one. A new sound system at the park, right? Yeah, it was. Um, you know, it's almost 20. 21 years old, uh, the existing sound system. So that was one of the big projects that we've worked on this offseason. You know, we heard from a lot of fans that, you know, different sections that they were uh, sitting in throughout the ballpark that they couldn't hear the music or they couldn't hear the PA announcer. So worked with our uh, audio team to make sure that we were able to fix that issue and a brand-new sound system, and uh, that project is almost finished and we'll be ready here by opening day so real excited about that one okay i've been watching this project unfold from the booth during the course of the off season do you do you know how many speakers that <laughs> you have put put in because it looks like a ton it's it was it's pretty amazing because people are asking me like you know oh just change the sound system i don't think anyone realizes you know the hundreds and hundreds of speakers yeah. that we have throughout the ballpark attached to very high access areas throughout the ballpark. So it's really been amazing to watch these guys set up scaffolding, lower the speakers down, reattach the new speakers, cable all of them throughout the ballpark. It, it's really done, they've done a great job with it. And we started hearing some of the music today, and it sounds really, really great. So we're excited about that. Hey, Trevor, last week the Mariners unveiled the new Trident Deck, formerly Lookout Landing up on the 300 level. Yeah, if I'm going to ditch these guys in the middle of the game, go get a cold beer <laughs> like I usually do. You know what? What can what can fans and myself expect out there at the at the new Trident Deck? Well, that's a it's a great spot to do that, Ryan. Um, <laughs> basically, it's the old lookout landing. Um, what we were able to do was there was a, a bar up there that was blocking a lot of the views from the the Puget Sound. So we actually tore that bar down and we we built it uh, closer to the uh, stands. So we're really able to open up the uh, the view of the, the Puget Sound, and it's going to be a really neat area. Our marketing team's done a really great job branding it. Uh, people love that Trident logo, so we're going to have some really cool features up there for that. Groups can rent it out and have a private area for their, their friends and family, things like that, or when it's not sold to groups, it's an open space, and it's going to be a really fun area. Kind of think of like a, a rooftop bar kind of scene here in Seattle in the summer. That's kind of what the look is that we're going for. And do these decisions, you know, like something like the new Trident deck, which sounds awesome the way you describe it, is, does this come from fan feedback? Like a lot of these new features, is this something that you know, stems from fan feedback or just you, know, you guys walking around trying to figure this thing out to make this place even better than what it is? Yeah, it's a little bit of both. You know, we, we definitely we have focus group with, with fans. We're asking them, you know, what do they want to see at the ballpark? So we're hearing from them. But then we're also looking at what are some of the new features that other stadiums or other venues around the country are having. 
And, you know, the, the whole idea of these gathering spaces and these areas where people can watch the game, but then also take time to spend with their friends and family, that's kind of the concept that we went with. And all the features that the new parts of the ballpark that we're going to have, all of those kind of have that concept. So great gathering spaces and just really great areas to hang out and social spaces for people to just enjoy a, a great afternoon or, or evening at the ballpark. Let's talk about another space. Also on the 300 level, there's going to be a rooftop boardwalk, which will be a spectacular pregame meeting place for the fans. Uh, what can fans expect when they explore the rooftop boardwalk, Trevor? So I think this one is probably the one I'm most excited about. We have, you know, if you go up there on a summer afternoon or summer evening to watch the, the sunset, um, you, you would go up there and you'd see people standing on the picnic tables up there trying to take some views because the the wall that was uh, right over First Avenue was higher than uh, the, than people could see over the side. So we were able to come up with this concept. So we are able to raise this boardwalk almost about uh, two feet. So people will now be able to be elevated and see these great, you know, great vistas and great wow. views. Um, and we're able to actually add some televisions, some really fun things with uh, for kids up there. So you still have that interconnection between the game and the, the great outside atmosphere and some new concession stands as well. So it should be a really fun uh, social space for people. So that should be a really, really fun one. And that's going to be open every game uh, for people to be able to hang out and enjoy that space. Can we do a broadcast up there? Yes. <laughs> now we're talking. You know, I think that yeah. would be a good spot. That'd be think, fun, uh, wouldn't it? You know, we're t- talking to Kevin Martinez about making sure that you guys might be able to broadcast. You can't see the game, but you have to watch it on TV. <laughs> that would be a problem. <laughs> Great view of Mount Rainier, but we can't see second base, right? I'll like, give us a monitor. We'll just call from the television. <laughs> but I think it'll be a really fun space for our fans to be able to hang out there in between innings or, you know, maybe a couple innings they want to hang out with their friends. And so it should be a fun space. As I've been at the park, too, I've been watching some work on the Terrace Club level. So there are some new seating options there, I understand. Yeah, you know, we, again, talking to fans and kind of hearing what they're looking for and um and what other ballparks had, we were able to create these loge boxes in the Terrace Club. There's two different types of seating. There's a loge box, which basically is a four-person couch uh, with, a, with a countertop with some uh, televisions. And then we were able to create these terrace tables, which is a, like a half-moon table with uh, chairs that people could basically bring uh, four friends and be able to hang out in this pri- private area, working with some uh, restaurants here locally to try to step up the game on the food and beverage in that area. Uh, you have your own private television. So, you know, it's it's a, basically think of a suite, but just a smaller version of that. Um, and so people have been really excited about that as well. Great views from the fields um, right on the club terrace area. So on the uh, first base side of the ballpark and really, really excited about that. We've had some really great um, support so far from the fans wanting to purchase those tickets. You said couch. Did I hear that right? Couch, yes. Nice. All right. Now that's there where we should good. broadcast. There you go. There we, <laughs> we go. got to find ourselves a couch. Yeah, I like that. That <laughs> is a good area. Yeah. So that that's a fun area. Visiting with Trevor Gooby and and Trevor, I, I know what it's like to make a few changes around the Riz Hacienda. You know, a little bit here, a little bit there. I mean, this is your house, isn't it? I mean, T-Mobile Park is your home. And it, it must take tremendous logistics and a lot of work and a lot of people to make these changes uh, during a, what turns out to be a very quick off season, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, with um, 
we did the big Christmas event this off season with Enchant, and so you know as soon as um, that event ended, we've been able to really um, focus on all these upgrades and and uh, necessary improvements that we have, and it's been a we have a great team that's behind this, and uh, everything right now is on schedule to be ready by opening day, which is always exciting. That's our goal. So it's going to be great. It's probably the largest year of capital projects that we've ever done um, at the ballpark. So um, I think fans will be really impressed once they come through the gates and see some of these new features and, and some of these things that will just make their experience at the ballpark that much better. Well, Trevor, I know it's, it is going to be outstanding for the fans, and you do a great job to uh, get uh, Thanks, our home-ready T-Mobile Park for the fans on uh, March the 26th when we open up at home against the Texas Rangers. So uh, I know you're still going to be busy for the next uh, month or so getting ready for opening day, but thanks for joining us tonight here on Hot Stove, buddy. There's 24 hours in the day, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think so. You're, you're, you're using them all up, buddy. Get some sleep. We'll be ready for you. All right, Trevor, thanks a lot. See you guys soon. Trevor Gooby, Senior VP of uh, Ballpark Operations. This reminder, baseball returns to T-Mobile with opening day on Thursday, March the 26th, as the Mariners make their 2020 debut against the Rangers. Be on hand for team introductions, fireworks, and good times as we welcome back baseball to Seattle. Great seats remain at Mariners.com. And Trevor Gooby and his crew right now very busy making sure that you have a great vantage point and a great time out of T-Mobile Park when you come out there, hopefully, on opening day, March the 26th. We'll be back with uh, a guy that covers uh, the Mariners and has for a long time from MajorLeagueBaseball.com. Greg Johns will join us. Greg is already down in Arizona getting ready for pitchers and catchers to report tomorrow. We'll be back with Greg as Hot Stove continues after this timeout. Back to more of the Hot Stove on 710 ESPN Seattle, 710sports.com, and the 710 Seattle Sports app. Hey, everybody. Single game tickets are on sale right now, which means you can purchase seats to some of the biggest games of 2020, including opening day, series against the Yankees, Phillies, and World Series champion Washington Nationals, plus more fireworks shows than ever before. Stop on by Mariners.com today. Hot Stove 2020 continues Rick Riz, along with Gary Hill Jr. and Ryan Roland Smith, and our special guest right now in the uh, back half hour of the second hour of the program is Greg Johns from MajorLeagueBaseball.com, who does a great job covering the ball club. Greg, welcome to uh, Hot Stove, and you're already busy. Tell us about the newest Mariners edition of veteran outfielder and Carlos Gonzalez. <laughs> Rick, they finally brought in a guy that's that's uh, that's, that's older than 21. I think. <laughs> <laughs> what is he? 31. Car- Cargo's thirty-four, oh. so uh, yeah, he's 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 a gray hair in this group. But uh, yeah, they, they, I mean, they got to have somebody that's been around a little bit. And, and uh, Carlos Gonzalez is a guy who's uh, you know three-time All-Star and, and uh, you know one of the big big names in, in Rockies baseball history and and uh, a super guy and a real uh, a leader type guy that uh, I think is going to going to be well received by the young outfield group because their outfield is you know i mean they got they got Very basically malik malik smith is yeah. 26 and he's the old man out there and, and they, uh, a bunch of rookies around him so cargo uh you know he's, he's he's getting up there he didn't have a great year last year uh in uh with, with the indians and cubs uh struggled quite a bit offensively and i was looking for work and uh and they said hey we could we could use a, a guy who's been around the block a few times and they're bringing him in here to, to kind of help out the young guys Greg, you make a great point because when you look at 
not only the 25-man or 26-man, the 40-man, it's really young, but also there aren't a lot of veterans have been invited to camp either now outside of cargo. It looks like a very unusual spring compared to years past. Amazingly so. And I don't honestly don't can't remember one quite like it. I, I look around, and, and uh, aside from Kyle Seeger uh, in the line, I am, D. Gordon's going to be in camp, but I don't know that he's going to be playing a lot. I mean, you're basically rolling out three or four rookies, uh, position players, uh, a couple other guys that, that, you know, in their first year, really full-time starting, you know, guys like J.P. Cropper and, and uh, Shed Long and, and uh, Tom Murphy, you know, those guys, <laughs> we think they're the old guys now, but, they, you know, they, they're, yeah. they're not even starting at the start of last year and, and, and shed long, you know, barely just not a rookie this year, just barely over the limit to, to for rookie status. So, you know, it, it is amazing what they're going to try to do here, uh, how it plays. I don't know, but it's going to be fascinating. I think to watch and, and watch these kids develop. Hey, with back on uh, Carlos Gonzalez, I mean, you look at some of the years he's put up, you know, superstar with the Colorado Rockies. What do you think, you know, is, is the biggest reason for that decline we saw last year in 2019, with the new team, the Indians, and with the Cubs, you know, I'm looking forward to talking to Cargo because I, I, I don't, I don't know. That's a great question, Ryan. I, I don't know that if he was fully healthy. I mean, I, he's, he's 34 now. Obviously, he's been kicking around for a while. Uh, he, he did drop uh, a little bit in, in 2018. His numbers started to decline some, but uh, still fairly representative. And, and last year, you know, he, he got cut by both the Indians and, and Cubs, uh, and so he was. He was trying to hit 200 for the season, and, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know whether he wasn't healthy or just it's just getting up there in age. But uh, that that's the first question, uh, obviously, we're going to have have for Cargo is he, has he got anything left? And obviously, that's what this camp is going to be about. Both, you know, I, they're not just bringing him in for mentorship. But, you know, met with Mitch Haniger out. You know, there's, a, there's an opening in right field that, that right now, you know, probably Jake Fraley and Braden Bishop are looking at, and and uh, neither one of those kids have played very much, so. You know, I'm sure he's coming in here saying, hey, I got a chance to still play some ball. Yeah, and I think Jerry DePoto, too, uh, Greg, is also staying true to a couple of things. Number one, giving the kids an opportunity. Number two, what veterans he is going to be bringing in, like Carco, uh, Carlos Gonzalez and also Kendall Graveman, guys that are looking for a rebound year in their careers. Sure. I mean, guys, you know, I think Taiwan Walker's pondering it now where he's going to sign, you know, these guys at that point in their career, they're looking, you know, they're looking to play. They're looking to, to, to extend life and, and, of course, make money. So it's, it's important for guys, you know, I think they, they weigh these things heavily. And you, you still see a few guys like Taiwan trying to figure out where the right spot is. Kendall Graveman decided earlier that, hey, this was a, a spot he could come in and maybe revive his career after Tommy John surgery and, and see what he can do. Uh, you know, there's always guys that, that they're looking for to be a part of the team and also that, that opportunity to play. What do you think of the big storylines in the early days of camp here? I think Julio Rodriguez is going to come in and light things up. I think people are going to be fascinated by by him and Kelnick just to, just to watch. But to me, I mean, those guys are obviously part of the future. But if you're looking at this year, I mean, it's almost like I look at this team. It's like Kyle Lewis is almost forgotten. You know, this guy came on like gangbusters in yeah. September, and everybody's talking about Julio and. And Kelnick, well, Kyle Lewis is, is getting this guy that's going to be playing every day. And uh, it's going to be fascinating to see how he comes in and, and shares uh, uh, Jake Fraley coming back. Uh, you know, had some struggles at the end of last year, but the, they're real high on Jake. Uh, interesting to see how he does. And I just think the, you can't get away from this is camp discovery to me. I mean, it's what, what these young guys can be and what they're going to show. You know, Shed Long, can he, 
Can he play second base? Evan White, I mean, the kid's barely played above double A in his career. He's going to be starting first baseman. Uh, you know, can, can he hold up under that pressure? Hey, he, he's, he's got the best glove at first base I've seen since Olerud on this, in this franchise. So I, I don't have any doubt he's going to wow people at first with his glove. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of pressure on a kid at that age to come in and hit. And, uh, you know, he can't get bogged down in, in trying to put up big numbers right off or, or get, get bogged down. And if he doesn't get off to a great start, you know, it's, it's going to be how, Guys like him survive getting thrown into the fire and, and uh, Major League Baseball and how they how they come out of that. It's be a lot of a lot of proving ground this year and it, uh, it's going to be an interesting season. That's one of my favorite parts about spring training is you know the battles that go on, especially the pitching. Greg, what do you think? The back end of that rotation, who's in the mix? Spots number four and five. You, you mentioned Graveman, you know, coming back from Tommy John. You got Justice Sheffield and Dunn. Who, who do you think is in that mix with those guys with with uh, four and five? Well, I I don't think they want to break camp with Justin Dunn, but he may force their hand if he's just looks like he's ready. Uh, and I think he's the guy ultimately is going to be that that other guy. But uh, I, I sense that they'd kind of like to slow play him a little bit. You know, he came up at the end of last year and, and made four starts, but it was pitching like an inning or two, an outing. And they, they kind of kid gloved him, uh, and, and you know he's been in Double A. Uh, I think they'd kind of like to start him in Triple A, but he may force their hand. Uh, 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 Nick Marchivius. I'll leave Rick Riz to pronounce this since he's got to do it on the air. <laughs> Mark Gavichus. <laughs> there it is. Thank you, Rick. Thank you. You're, you're welcome, practiced. buddy. I, I, I try to yeah. type it and I have trouble with that too, but uh, pronouncing it. But the young kid that was, was starting with the Padres last year made yeah. a big jump from Class A ball and, and uh, had, a, had a pretty rough go in San Diego making that big jump, but, uh, but he'll get a shot. To, uh, and uh, Nestor Cortez, Phillips Valdez, I mean, these are. These are guys that they, uh, you know, they they signed here uh, over the off season to, to give a look to. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, they, they you know, uh, yeah, they're bringing in uh, uh, the kid from uh, Korea. That kid has been around. Toronto. Uh, uh, no, Toronto and the Chen. Bullpen, but, Chen. Uh, Chen. Chen. Way in Chen. Chen. Yeah. Thank, thank Chen. you. Yeah. Yeah. Way in Chen, who's a heck of a starter in with the Orioles uh, yeah. for four years back in from what twenty twelve to fifteen or sixteen and. Signed a big deal with the uh, Marlins. Uh, it was eighty million for five five years, and didn't put up the numbers there. In fact, still uh, they still owe him twenty two million. So uh, the Mariners signed him on a on a minor league deal, and, and he's a guy with a lot to prove with the with a, with a track record in his history. So you know, it's guys like that. Uh, you know, we're going to see a lot of this this spring and see what they can do. Bullpens are always important, more so now the last few years, and now you got guys as openers, and you got a lot of guys looking for an opportunity. We saw so many pitchers get an opportunity last year. Carl Edwards Jr. is going to get a you know a chance to uh, you know bounce back a, as well. T- tell me a little bit about your thoughts about the bullpen and how wide open it is down there for a lot of guys to break <laughs> break the break camp with the club. That is to me the toughest. And you know, I can pencil out where they're going with their lineup and, and their rotation, but the, the bullpen—you're yeah. almost throwing throwing darts at that thing. Uh, uh, they don't have a, a a guy that's a a name closer. I think Matt McGill probably comes in as the favorite. Yeah. He was closing at the end of last year and did a nice job for him. Uh, you mentioned uh, Harano that they signed from the D-backs as, as was a closer in Japan. Uh, a little bit of closing it with the D-backs uh, uh, might be in the mix. Sam Tuivaela, I think, will get a, a chance there. To be a late inning guy, uh, 
Carl Edwards, big arm, but struggled last year. Uh, you know, brought in from the Cubs, and we'll see where he can where he can fit in. But I, I think it's going to be a lot of young guys. I think the spring in that bullpen. I think that's where those young guys are going to just have all kinds of chances. This Sam Della playing they're real high on, and Big Art Warren that we saw last in last year was the was the closer at Double A Arkansas. I think he's going to have a chance to make some noise. Uh, get a chance to see this Wyatt Mills, the side armor out of Gonzaga, a pretty pretty interesting young guy. And, just uh, you know, they just got names down there that I think we're going to learn this this spring. That's Joey Gerber, young big kid out of uh, out of it was in Double A last year. Uh, these are the guys that I think where the future lies. And, and uh, again, it's kind of like the theme with this whole team is is how fast they they come and the chance of what they can see see what they can do this year. Greg, that's no joke because there's about twenty guys, legit twenty guys, where you could say, yeah, it wouldn't surprise you either way if they're in the bullpen or not on the opening day roster to start the season. Exactly, it's a long yeah, list. Yeah, I mean, I, you, the, the kid they signed, the Rule Five kid, big arm out of Houston, uh, Johan Ramirez. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, Gerson Batista, we were looking at last spring is the big name and throwing throwing bullets and hundred mile an hour fastball. And, you know, he's hardly on the radar now because that list is so long, but he's coming back. You know, uh, you know, Brandon Brennan, the kid, nice, nice mm-hmm. year the Rule Five guy last year. Danny Altavilla is back, and yeah. just you know, there's just a flock of them, and, and that competition I think is is it's going to be pretty interesting. There's just going to be probably a lot of a lot of guys that are going back and forth between Tacoma and Seattle this year, and then kind of shuffling that thing out and see who emerges. Yeah, hey, you mentioned. Um... Uh, Della plan. I know Jerry was pretty vocal about him being a big surprise in spring training. You know, what do we know about him? And you, I, I got a chance to see White Mills November playing for Team USA over in Japan. But what what stands out to you to you and Jerry to put up about Della playing making that jump from from Double A last year? Well, I I think with just his pitch efficiency. He's a strike thrower, uh, and what he did in the Arizona Fall League really opened some eyes. Uh, he, he had a big year. He, he was he was lights out at Arkansas, and, and uh, I mean we're talking a kid that that uh, I think his ERA was under was under uh, it's like point four nine or something like that uh, at uh, at Arkansas. Then he went to Arizona Fall against top prospects in, in baseball, and and uh, and uh, had an outstanding um, run there as well. So he's not a big guy. Um, he, he's I think he's about five eleven, you know, weighs one hundred seventy eight hundred eighty pounds. Uh, he's not gonna come off the bus and knock you over, but, uh, but he, he's a strike thrower and uh 23rd round draft pick. So he's kind of a kid that's, that's come out of nowhere and, and really risen up the, the charts fast on their prospect list. So yeah, Sam Delaplane, keep an eye on that name too. Visiting with Mariners beat writer, Greg Johns from major league baseball.com. Greg, we we're fortunate. We get an off season. You don't, you don't get much of an off season. You're covering baseball 24 seven with all the changes, you know, from the time the world series Ends until pitchers and catchers report, which, by the way, is tomorrow. You're getting ready for that. How how does a writer get ready for spring training, or or do you kind of hit the ground running because you are so busy over the last few months? A lot of wind sprints, Rick. Wind sprints, <laughs> uh, Got to be in the best shape of your life tomorrow. Tossing, that's what's important. Tossing tires around. I'm saying that he, like that he posts on Twitter all the time. His workouts. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> I, you know what? I uh, spring training for me is is uh, this year is going to be going in and and, and learning these guys. Uh, and I've tried to to breed up on them, brush up on them. I'm, I'm going to be meeting a lot of these guys for the first time. These young kids that, uh, you know, I've been reading about as well. I mean, you asked me about Sam Dell playing, you know, Hey, I've never seen the kid pitch, you know? So yeah, let's, let's bring it on. Let's start seeing what they got. So 
uh, first step for me, probably like uh, you guys, is, is learning names and faces when when you get in the clubhouse. Uh, uh, you know, it's always a new group. You know, this this there wasn't as much off season turnover this year, but what there is is the new guys coming up that uh, that will be in camp for the first time, and those guys. So yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, off season with with Depoto is always fun because he's always making it interesting. This year was was a little quieter. It was a little different that way. We yeah. didn't have a transaction every 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 day or two, but. Uh, <laughs> But we still still we're turning out stories and still uh, looking forward to some baseball and then uh, yeah they report tomorrow and on the field uh, the day after so getting getting ready to get after it exactly Greg you do a great job covering this ball club it's going to be a fun spring I think watching these kids play it will be a land of opportunity I think that's going to be the mantra of the theme of this uh, camp because so many players will get a chance to get to the big leagues for the first time and for a few that got a chance to get there last year they get a chance to you know get that experience under the belt and really make an improvement like Kyle Lewis and Jake Fraley and Braden Bishop and Shed Long and, and so many others. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be an interesting spring. I really do. Young guys are always exciting. It, yeah. it's, it's fun to see that play out. Well, Greg, thank you so much for joining us here on Hot Stove tonight. We will see you uh, in the next uh, next few days. We'll get down to spring training. So thanks a lot, buddy. Yeah, I look forward to seeing you guys. All right, Greg Johns from MajorLeagueBaseball.com, and we'll be back with more on Hot Stove right after this. All things Mariners, all off-season. The Hot Stove on 710 ESPN Seattle, 710Sports.com, and the 710 Seattle Sports app. Welcome back to the Hot Stove. Gary Hill, Ryan Roland-Smith, Rick Riz. Ryan, I'm so glad you're here uh, for a lot of reasons. I mean, you're a great company, but... Uh, Marco Gonzalez just signed the deal, and I love talk. We do this on the post game show all the time with the broadcast. We we love talking Marco, so <laughs> I got to get your thoughts on Marco Gonzalez signing his extension. I think it's great. I mean, I, I think it's a no brainer. Um, you know, and and I had a chance to, to to sit down with him. I really every time I went down to the the locker room during the season to go talk to him, he was always scattered somewhere. So I never really had that good chance to, to talk to him because. It's fascinating. You know, you and I talked before uh, we jumped on for the hot stove about it's good to see guys like Marco Gonzalez have success in this generation of, of baseball. The guy, he works hard. He's come back from a really serious injury. He really, he, he has a big heart. I know that sounds, you know, kind of kooky, whatever, but it's one of these things that he, he's so invested in this organization and this team. I got a chance to sit down with him for an hour, and, and that was just spilling out of him. So it was fun to see. I was back in Australia when, when I saw the news, and I was so happy for him. Yeah, that was a great conversation, by the way. I mean, you said it was a long, deep conversation with Marco, which was fabulous. There, there's a couple of things that really stood out to me, and a couple of parts I really enjoyed. One, it's kind of combined, him talking about analytics and how yeah. he goes about using the analytics, and the other was about spring training because it, it's so often we hear the term, the pitcher is, Working on things. But, I mean, yeah. what does that really mean? And Marco kind of breaks it down. I think going into pro ball, I mean, I wanted to, I wanted to be a big leaguer. Um, I don't know if I had specific dreams of, like, I'm going to be a front-line ace. Because, truthfully, I didn't think I was, was going to have that in me, and, and I didn't know what it was going to be like getting there. So um, I think I knew, you know, I had a lot of advice to, you know, cherish the experience, yeah. cherish the journey. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what it's about and, you know, go day by day. But I think looking back, I mean, it's things like that where 
I've heard that my whole life. Right. I mean, I had I told you I have had guys sit scouts sit in my living room and tell me to call them when I hit ninety. So, and so you, say, you and, say, and say and say I've heard it. I've, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. it's hard to be blind. It's hard to turn a, turn away from it. Yeah. Um, but things like that, where you know, you, we know who we are as people, and we know what we can do. And I think when I think of someone that's that's saying, I, I just think it's just it's ignorant. And I think right. you can never put an expectation or a projection on someone because you don't know what's inside of them. Yeah. And so I think, uh, I, I mean, I enjoy, I enjoy proving people wrong. It's, it's been one of the joys of my career is, um, you know, having people come up to me and say, you know, we're, we're, we're thankful that you're here and you know, it, it worked out. And, and, um, I think, you know, that's, that's, what's been great about being here is that I can, I've had that shot again to prove some people wrong and, and hopefully I can continue to do that because that's been that's one of the joys of my career. Do you ever sit back and say, "Man, this is I can't believe what I've done"? Like, do you, do you ever do you, are you in shock of what you've done? Or you're like, oh, "I was supposed to do this." No, I, I don't think I don't think of it like I, I was supposed to do this. But I think there's a level of I'm trying to make it normal. Yeah, I'm trying right. to every day. I'm trying to just push forward yeah. and not not think gotcha. about. It's like when you're. It's like in free solo. You know, yeah. like <laughs> at the top, the guy's not like, oh man, like this is impressive. I've made Good. it this far. It's like no, you just keep climbing. You know, yeah. and and so um, I think it's it's one of those things where I look back and it's been there's so much has happened, but I think I'm I'm very I'm thankful because all of that has created this this atmosphere and this this the character of who i am now i wouldn't be where i am if that didn't happen we'll get to the comments about spring and analytics in a second but i love that one too yeah, yeah. and i mean the free solo is a, a nice drop <laughs> in there everyone should see that at some point but uh balance is the word when i think of him right yeah and and so, some of the the quotes i actually read him quote read him quotes from when the trade happened 2017 yeah. when he was traded over and yeah, you know, and not 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 to you know take him back to you know any kind of place where people were being negative about him or, or you know, but I was I was trying to just trying to gauge his reaction because this guy thrives off proving people wrong. Mm -hmm. That's what I love about him. And and even you know when you talk about it, the guy's coming off two extremely solid years in the big leagues. The last one, you know, after 2018, everyone's like, well, the health. You know, it could be he hit a wall in, in the month of August. There could be a health issue with market. And then he said, he just, all right, answered that bell. And guess what? Yeah. Not one day on the IL, 200 plus innings. There's like seven guys who got the 200 inning mark. And there's so, there's 34 appearances. Yeah. There's so much value in that. So I had to bring up some things from when he first came to the Mariners, some of the quotes that I found. He loved it. I mean, we, we had a great chat, and a lot of it was to do with that. I love what he said about expectations. He said, how can you put expectations on somebody yeah. when you don't know who they are right. inside? You take a look at this kid. It looks like he's in middle school, but he is a bulldog. <laughs> he's a Gonzaga bulldog, but yeah. when he takes the mound, he wants to beat the heck out of yeah. you. And you love that determination, that grit. Uh, I remember Jamie Moore always saying, you know, when I get in trouble, I'm still only one pitch away, maybe from getting out of trouble. He has that same attitude. Felix had that same grit, that same determination when he went on the mound and battled and battled and battled like crazy. This kid is cut from the same mold, and that's why I love Marco Gonzalez. And there's one point, and you're going to talk about spring training. Yeah. You know, the, during the, the, the chat, we, we sat down, and you talked about you know, having that mindset, the, 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 the mentality. I mean, and we talked a lot about analytics and spring training, how he uses analytics. It's a big part of the game now, and so many guys rely so heavily on what numbers the iPad's giving back to them. 
but he comes from a place that 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 feel place. He has to feel mm-hmm. it first, and yeah. and it was refreshing to hear that. And that's why he's having so much success. Yeah, let's hear him talk about spring and analytics. So I I use it when I want to fine tune something, um, you know. And spring training is the perfect time because we're still building up strength. Um, you're making those adjustments. You know, you have a little bit more um, relaxed game setting to be able to work on things. So those are great times. At bullpens, um, you know, they're standing out there with iPads, and you know, I I think I've developed a relationship with with uh, some of our staff. You know, I'll, they know when I want things. They know that they don't want to they don't want to drown me with numbers. I want a couple things here and there that I can use to make a pitch better. And you got to be able to translate it to me. You got to be able to tell me, hey, like, this is what this is. And DeLunis does a great job of that, too. He's, he's a good translator for the data to the personal side, the pitching side, because you tell a guy, hey, this is your RPMs and this is this. And it's like, how do I use that? What do I? And I think that's the stigma. For most guys, and especially older guys in the game, is tell me how to use it because when I'm out on the mound, I'm not thinking about spin rate. I'm thinking about getting the guy out. So it can't, at the end of the day, analytics can't be just the numbers. It has to be the application of it and what you do and how you, tr- and how you talk about it. I mean, it has to be, there has to be a, an intention behind it. Did you find things out about yourself? And like when the numbers come out, do they say, hey, man, dude, yeah. you're fastball. Your two seam fastball sucks compared to this. Or and you, obviously, I'm not. T- sometimes, I mean, so, sometimes it's. And, and I've told people, I want you to be honest with me because that's the only way we're going to get yeah, better. I don't right. want you to be like, hey, like it's okay, like you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not bad, right. but it's not great. Like, no, tell me honest. Yeah. Like, but I, I think this past year, um, the second half, we talked a little bit about my fastball. How I felt it. It started to jump a little bit, and it started to get better. Um, our Coaches started telling me my spin rate was getting better. I was getting behind the ball more. My forcing was getting better ride. So I said, hey, like, if you like it, pitch, pitch up in the zone with that thing because you're going to get some swings and misses. And sure enough, I mean, I started going up. I started going up and into guys, um, brushing guys back, and then ev- it made everything better. So when there's a little, something little in there that you can just a little bit at a time kind of implement, that's, I think, what's important. Great conversation with Mariners pitcher Marco Gonzalez with uh, Ryan Roland-Smith and it was so so much fun to see him have that success last year. The 16 wins, we mentioned the 34 starts. Getting to that 200 innings is a heck of a plateau. Where can uh, fans uh, listen to the rest of that uh, the entire interview? I'm going I'm to post the whole thing most likely early next week. I just want to make sure you know by when spring training started. But um, you can find it on iTunes. Uh, if you follow the Twitter account at hyphen18, I'll have all the details up there for you because I haven't quite because I've got the video of it too. Him and I sitting there. I got a chance nice. to hang out with him during his workout. So we, we filmed that. It was a great session. He, he, he's so good to talk to. He is so good. I've listened to it. It's, it's a fantastic conversation and well worth it. He's such a thoughtful guy. Yeah. It's, it's fun to listen to. Yeah, I love listening yeah. to Marco. And I tell you what, rewarded with that uh, four-year contract. Uh, yeah. And well-deserved. And he's going to be the anchor to that uh, starting rotation. Guys, good show, Gary. This is fun. Yeah. A lot of One fun. more next week. One more coming up uh, next Tuesday. Uh, I'll be in the hot tub. Yeah, then hot, <laughs> hot, stove, hot stove. Hot uh, stove. in Arizona. Shifts to Cactus League report after That's that. Right. Exactly. So we go we'll, from winter to spring, just like that. Yeah, and we're all looking forward to getting down to the sun in Peoria, Arizona, to the Peoria Sports Complex. Pitchers and catchers reporting tomorrow. That's always one of the big biggest days of the year. And uh, it's going to be a fun and interesting spring. Gary, great show tonight. It was fun. The lineup, Ryan Roland Smith. Thanks see you for in joining Arizona. us. Good to see you guys again. Yeah, DJ, thank you so much. Hitting all the right buttons over there. I'm Rick Riz saying so long, everybody. Hot Stove 2020 will continue next week. So long, everybody, from the.
Cairo 710 Studios.